0: What would it be like to be at the same church for a really long time, getting to know those students and families in that community, partnering with schools and other local organizations, and impacting generation upon generation? My name is Steve Cullum, and on this episode of Student Ministry Connection, our guest will share from his experience of being a student pastor at the same church for just over 20 years. So whether you're just starting out and have dreams of longevity, or if you've been in it for a while, you are sure to walk away from this episode with a few things that will help you stick with it because it's so very worth it. Again, my name is Steve Cullum, and welcome to Student Ministry Connection, a podcast for those who serve in student ministry, want to get connected, and have a desire to grow. You know, my first five or six years in ministry included volunteering, part-time, full-time, internships, residencies, and a couple summers at camp ministry. And after that, I spent 10 years full-time at one church, and I've been in my current church for just about five and a half years. And while I don't have the longevity that our guest does, I do know why being somewhere for a really long time can be a huge benefit for your ministry. I was fortunate enough to have a student pastor who was at his church for a really long time, and I saw how fruitful that was. Our guest today is Jim Pertle, who just passed 20 years at his church, and we're going to talk about his story, some of the benefits of being in his ministry for so long, What are some of the things that he's learned and overcome during those 20 years? And he'll share some tips and encouragements for us along the way. But before we hop into that interview, I want to pause and thank the sponsor of this episode of the podcast. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see everyday life situations through the lens of the gospel. G-Shades has options to fit everyone as well with three plans to choose from. This curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you do better. Do you need message outlines, a discussion guide, and a game? That's just $20 a month. If you're looking for a higher production value, including bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides, that's $30 a month. And if you want an affordable, engaging video curriculum, G Shades has you covered for only $40 a month. You will not find a better youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere. Head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S.org to download season four of G-Shades curriculum and use the promo code CONNECTION at checkout to receive an extra $20 off your order. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Thank you, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You can find the link to G-Shades in the podcast show notes. It's no secret that over the last several years, we've had so many in ministry who have stepped out, especially student ministry, and it's broken my heart, honestly, to see so many people who have stepped out of their church ministry, and sometimes they step out of ministry altogether. Whether you're going to be at the same church for a really long time, or you're going to be at a few different churches we need people in this for the long haul, and today's conversation with Jim Purtle will hopefully give you a few tips and some encouragement to keep you in it for the long haul, because we need you in it. We need all of us in it. There's so much that God wants to do through us for teenagers and this next generation, and we need to stick with it. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Jim Purtle. Hey, Jim, thanks so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Oh, and so cool to be part of this, man. I you know I've been kind of acquaintances and then what I would say more colleagues uh for quite a while now and it, I mean it's it's kind of cool we've been talking about maybe doing this and I'm excited to do this today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the the things that I mean, I wouldn't have had you on for a while, but I know recently you, you crossed the 20 year mark at your church, which is what we're going to be talking about today is longevity. So before we jump into anything else, how yeah. does that feel to be 20 years at, at the same church?
1: Well, it's very surreal. I mean, um, I'm not a guy who is, uh, you know, who came out of college with like a 10 year plan hmm. that, that, that was never me. And so, yeah, it's, it's surreal. I I did not expect to be in one place for 20 years. Um, I kind of thought yeah i'll get fired a couple times and move a few more and you know stuff like that so yeah really really unexpected and and surreal but but, you know we'll, we'll talk about what a blessing it's been too so yeah yeah
0: absolutely well let's back up just a little bit and uh tell tell people your story a little bit i know i know a little bit of it but uh for for my sake and the sake of the audience um jump into your story go go back as far as you want but yeah how did god bring you to the point where you are today
1: um i got into youth ministry because my youth leader had a stroke right after I graduated high school. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, she had a stroke the night after I graduated high school. Wow. Oh. it was a small church. So the youth ministry kind of just cratered after that. And I asked uh, a few weeks into college, freshman year, I asked the pastor, "Hey, can I like get some people together and do something youth group wise?" and the pastor was like, um, okay, I guess. And that was conveniently, that was right about the time when I had a real spiritual renewal. I always was a church kid. Um, I was one of those kids that everybody's, like, oh, it's a nice young man there. And I was <laughs> totally a fake. I mean, everybody who went to high school with me would know like I was a, I was kind of a pile of turds, to be honest. You can edit that if you need to. But it's, uh, it, it was, it was right when I graduated that I kind of freaked out about realizing that I, all the plans I had for my life were not working out and that I needed some guidance. And so I really like decided, okay, this Jesus thing, I'm all in like, this is, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And I had no idea what I was doing with my life. And so in that college experience of a few months after having that spiritual renewal, asking my pastor for permission to do a small youth meeting we started doing that not regularly i was not consistent at all but i was kind of the de facto youth leader and at the same time like learning how to follow jesus for real instead of just being a church kid and uh so all that happening at the same time i still had no direction for my life i went to college for six years changed my major four times uh i i'm not a doctor i have one (laughs) bachelor's degree But I I ended up with a uh, religion youth ministry degree um, after being an engineering major, a music major, a psychology major, and then finally youth ministry. Because at the end of college, I realized, hey, this part-time youth leader job that I'm doing, I think I could see myself doing this. Hmm. So I got a youth ministry degree. And uh, I wear a lot of hats at my church. I am the tech director. Our, our church is small, and i I don't like to talk numbers, but to give like whoever's listening a sense of my job,
0: sure.
1: um we're in a we're in a re- really impoverished rural town in Missouri, uh, kind of a Bible belt uh, Ozarks town. Um, and we have a town of about four thousand, and our church averages about four hundred to four hundred fifty total on a Sunday for the services together. And so I wear a lot of hats on that staff. I'm the youth pastor. I'm the tech director. I lead one of the worship bands for one of the services on Sunday for big church, whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that my job has different parts to it. And that I'm going to talk about that as relates to longevity, because I think for me, uh, I told you I was, I thought I was going to be a guy who moved around a lot. And I think having different parts to my job. Uh, fits me really well and actually contributed to longevity because, you know, when parts of my job weren't going well, there were other parts that were more fulfilling. um, Mm. If that makes sense. yeah. Um, So yeah, I I hired on straight out of college as an intern for fall 2002. And then at the new year, when my internship was up, uh, the youth pastor had just resigned that summer and they hired me as the youth pastor. Uh, January first, two thousand three, and so I've been there officially as an intern for the for that first uh, three four months. But uh, I've been there twenty years as of August first, twenty twenty two. I've I've been there twenty years, and I was the de facto youth pastor even as an intern that fall. So, wow, yeah, and I mean, just somehow after twenty years, I have not been fired, and. Have not moved, and I plan to stick around as long as they don't fire me anytime right away. Yeah, I still, I'm still finding it challenging, fulfilling, definitely bumps in the road, but uh, still lacking what I do.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Did you have any sort of ministry, like your parents or your family, any ministry background in, in your family history at all? Or were you kind of the first one that jumped into full time ministry?
1: Both my grandfathers were pastors. My my parents were not. My dad is a worship leader, just not vocational ministry at all. Um my dad's done a lot of worship leading. He's just a musical guy and so wherever he's been they've asked him to sometimes step in. Yeah. But yeah, my both my grandfathers were pastors. One passed away 10 years ago. Uh the other is 95 and he's retired, but he's uh like he still does like pastoral visits and calls to mm-hmm. those like shut-ins and people in hospitals and stuff occasionally. Um, and he's got, if you count, if you count his post-retirement, like pastoral care work, Mm -hmm. he's got, uh, like almost 80 years in ministry. So, um,
0: (laughs) there's, there's, yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it's crazy. He, that ministry that my grandfathers both did was almost itinerant ministry, um, rural, america like one one of my grandfathers was almost literally a circuit riding preacher except his ride was not a horse it was a vehicle you know (laughs) but he would go to five different churches in northern wyoming on a sunday and uh looked very different for them but uh and and both of those men were men of integrity good you know there's not traumatic memories associated Mm -hmm. with those guys um and so yeah that definitely a, a heritage to to try to live up to
0: there yeah absolutely Let's let's step into some practicality because I know over twenty years you've probably seen and tried a lot of different things in your ministry. So tell us a little about what your ministry mm. setting looks like now. What your programming mm. looks like. What's what does student ministry look like at your church currently? Maybe maybe you can talk about a little bit of the the changes that you've seen over the years. What's worked? What's hasn't worked?
1: I mean, probably like you, Steve. I in fact, you and I, I think have had this conversation at one point you look back and you just cringe like thinking mm-hmm. why did I think that was a good idea yeah like yes it's changed so much and I used to tell people like because you know occasionally I I'm I work in a very small denomination and we're one of the largest churches in our denomination it's a lot of little country churches basically and people would come it would ask me to like do a little seminar on how to start a youth group you know mm-hmm. if you don't have one in your church and I'd say well don't whatever you do, don't come to our church and try to do what we do, because by the time you get home, we'll do, we'll be doing it differently. In, in 20 years, I can't tell you how many times we've changed up how we do things. When I started, I, I was trying to kind of think about this. And, and if I could summarize, when I started, we were much more of a siloed off youth ministry. That's Kind of a a buzzword in youth ministry thinking that we try to avoid these days, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you don't want you don't want the teenagers to be separated from the rest of the church because they're loud and annoying, and then <laughs> the rest of the church is too old and irrelevant for them. So we don't want the two to mix. We want to silo them off. And I think that's really kind of the attitude that I had when I first was doing this full time at my church, and I, not not on purpose, but I think it kind of. Accidentally fell that way, Mm -hmm. and we had a separate building that was like blocks away, and you know it was it was very separated. And one of the major changes that that you could sort of chart almost on on a on a graph line is the move from siloed off ministry to more integrated with the body of the church. Mm -hmm. Youth ministry. We we do still have a midweek big program where you know, it's just youth group. But as far as like separate kind of ideas, things like that, we have we have our main big program right in the main worship center. When we lost our youth building a few years ago, they asked us, you know, okay, what's the plan? What what do we want to do? And for temporary purposes, we had started meeting in the main worship center at our church. Mm -hmm. And after and at the time I was like, oh, we got to get another youth building. We got to get another youth building and as time went on i started realizing okay this actually works and this establishes to these students that this is their church mm-hmm. you know and so your setting may look very different a lot of churches obviously there's lots of different venues different rooms that are used for i'm going to what i'm going to call big church for lack of a better term um and so you know that that may change for for your church but for our church especially in a small community where we have like everybody knows everybody there's one public high school that's it that kind of thing i it it really seemed worth it worthwhile thing to start integrating the idea that we have youth group in the church mm. because this is your church that you are a part of the body here and so I, I think i think that's the main trend line that i see over the years that has changed is that less separated more integrated. We don't we don't do a separate Sunday morning youth worship either for middle school or high school. Uh, we encourage them to worship with their families, and that's that's changed over the years. Just you know, different ways that we've done things. But as of right now, our main program for youth ministry the big the big program for youth ministry is Wednesday night. It's midweek, and it's uh, a combined group uh, at the start where we do like stage games and mixer stuff, and then the worship the youth group worship band leads, and then after the worship music, we split. The middle school goes off and has an open gym time while I teach high school or whoever's teaching that week. I teach probably eight out of 10, maybe. But yeah, middle school goes off to open gym while I teach the high school. Then I go teach the middle school while high school goes to small groups. Um, we wrap up after the middle school group has uh, their teaching time. We bring everybody back to the main lobby and everybody gets back with their parents. We run buses. Um, In our small, impoverished community, that's a huge part of our ministry. We live in the fourth poorest town in Missouri, according to the census. And we make a lot of meth where we live. I mean, you can drive certain sections of our town and just broken down houses, trailers with the roof caving in, and there's people living in those. Mm. And that's, I mean, lots and lots of that kind of thing. The public school has 90% plus of free or assisted lunches, which is a poverty indicator for small mm-hmm. towns. Like the the families qualify for financial assistance for their school lunches, in, in other words. So bus ministry is a huge thing because uh, for people in poverty, and we could have a whole separate conversation about yeah. ministry to people in poverty, Steve, but uh, the, for people in poverty, the main constant is inconstancy. There's no... Mm certainty. There's so many insecurities in poverty. Your plans are insecure, your transportation's insecure, your housing is insecure, your every, you know, everything's insecure. And one of the huge needle movers for us with reaching impoverished students has been that our bus is consistently every week available to pick you up if you live anywhere within one mile of the city limits. Mm. And they can call up to one hour before the bus run starts and we'll get them on there or Facebook message us or however they can get a hold of us. And that's moved the needle in a big way as far as actually being able to reach on a consistent basis, the impoverished parts of our community for whom consistency does not exist in their lives. And so providing something consistent is really powerful in those situations. And bus ministry is messy. Uh, When you got impoverished people there's just more mess. Um, I've kicked out kids for dealing drugs at youth group, but yeah, that's, that's what our youth ministry looks like. And I will say again, numbers are vastly overrated thing to talk about, but this fall, I kind of feel like there's a lot of factors here and I wish I knew more answers of why, but we have the largest youth group we've ever had in 20 years. And it feels like it's, healthy growth. Not, we haven't been doing any big showy things or even yep. way pizza or whatever, but we, you know, it, it feels yep. like, like we're, we're diving deep into the Bible and we still have the largest group we've ever had. Mm. I, I still have a lot of questions as to why it's working right now. <laughs> and I think part of it's just the cyclical nature of youth ministry. You have a strong group of students come through every so often and that helps, you know, it's true. So that that's a long answer of how our youth ministry works right now. Yeah.
0: It's so helpful. We talk about contextualization, anything that we talk about, like it's it's really helpful to know where, where you're coming from, what you've been through. And I think the reason you know so much about your community is you've been there for so long and you've really know these people. And I think that's, that's what longevity brings. So beyond that, why, why do you think longevity is so important within ministry?
1: I was thinking and praying about you know, whoever's going to listen to this podcast, and and I think I have so few things to give to people about how to achieve longevity that that are reproducible. But I, I can tell you, if you can find a way to have a lot of longevity in one community, and and you know, I live in small town Missouri, but. If you're, I mean, you're smack in the middle of the ghetto, it, the, the exact same thing applies. I, I strongly believe this because when you are connected to a community over a period of five years plus, especially once you hit the decade mark and beyond, you start to have people who you thought, oh, well, they're gone. I'll never see them again. They'll loop back around and be like, hey, you should go, you know, you should go talk to Jim about this. There's there's a trust that you build up over years. Here's here's a thing that it, I I I don't want to broadcast this too widely because I don't want to shut it off. But in our small community, after COVID, the public school principals, the middle school and high school principal, actually asked me, "Hey, would you come by lunch once a week and just walk around, and talk to kids?" Mm. And I I I'd, I'd done that some before, and always with the agreement that I was there as a background-checked volunteer um, who was just there to talk i'm not to proselytize bring up religion things like that just to be there for kids and mm-hmm. and be a pleasant presence and after covid uh i thought well that's probably something that just is gone for me now and probably won't happen again because mm-hmm. obviously they had to shut down any outside visitors and stuff but this fall the middle school and high school principals actually were for that and the superintendent who's a newer guy in town was like no no, no we can't do that we we can't can have a, a youth pastor come in to a public high school lunch, and and the principals really went to went went to bat for me and talked him into it. And they were like, "Well, if he has the," he said, "What if we have like a member of the Church of Satan who wants to do the same thing?" And these uh, principals were like, "Well, background check them, tell them they can't proselytize, and we'll do that too." And so the superintendent was like, "I'm not comfortable with this, but we're going ahead with it anyway." And uh, without longevity, Steve, I mean. Think think about that, Steve. Like, like if i if I was still that snotty nosed fresh out of college guy, those principals are not gonna do that. Mm-hmm. Um and please, if you're fresh out of college, your nose may not be snotty. I have no <laughs> idea. I uh you might want to check though. Just just real quick, you can pause the podcast and check that. <laughs> but the relationships that I've got in the community over over 20 years, I mean, that mm. that had a huge part of that. So being able to visit those cafeteria lunches and just talk to kids is pretty big. I, I never tell them, Hey, come to my youth group. Never. But kids obviously are like, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Who are you? You know, uh, just come and talk to kids. And Well, who, what do you do? Uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm a youth pastor, but uh, I'm just here for you guys. And yep. so um, the fact that the principal is actually actively campaigned for this against the wishes of the superintendent would not have happened without I think some serious longevity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's huge.
1: And then you've got uh things that make me feel really old. Like um I've got students this fall that are children of the students I had when I first came. And like, <laughs> you know, they they talk about that means you're a youth ministry grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> and and those are those are like, you know, two-generation relationships that I've got. That's pretty cool.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. My uh, my youth pastor, before he passed, had been at his church, I believe, 35 years, and he Whoa. had started seeing you know the children upon children, too, and that was one of the things that he mentioned, too, when I, when I talked to him. He's youth like, ministry,
1: great grandpa, in his case. It's probably. really
0: great, but at the same time, yeah, it makes you feel... <laughs> mm. But it's but it's so cool to see that gener- generation upon generation impact that, that God's allowed you to have. And that's yeah. that's gonna be one of those really sweet times if you can get old, over the fact that you're like, I feel old. Um that's uh yeah. that it's it's one of those sweet moments that God gives us and in, in, in longevity for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what are what are some of the things that you've had to overcome? Because <laughs> I'm sure that it's not just been an easy road oh, the 20 years. Like, how did you how did you get to 20 years by it? What did you have to overcome to get there?
1: I mentioned this before, but really dry seasons in youth ministry, I think it's helped that my job has different parts to it. Probably the worst time in youth ministry that I've had at the same time, just a blessing from God, I think the worship band that I was leading, like we got permission to kind of cut loose and do things differently and creatively. And and I had some really good players, like musicians to play with uh, at that time, like where. I was the leader of the band and I was Mm -hmm. by far the worst musician in that band. And just like, it was so much fun to play music with those guys every week that like the stink that was in youth ministry at that time kind of had a mitigation Mm -hmm. because there was another part of my job that was a lot of fun. Some people obviously don't get to choose whether or not their jobs have multiple parts to them, but I, I would say this if you're going through a dry spell find something else even if it has to be outside your job which for most of us it will be and i have this as well like find a hobby that you could maybe see yourself doing as a job because if if ministry is going poorly i think for some of us we think well this is all i know how to do and i'm stuck and i think you can get through those dry spells more if you have like a hobby that is recreational i this is kind of a hokey thing i say let your recreation be, become recreation where you allow god to recreate you mm. and if you have a, a hobby that is recreational for you that you could see yourself maybe somehow turning into maybe your full time job someday then if you have that possibility in your mind of okay maybe i could do something that's more like that then i think i think you'll have a little more just sturdiness through the, the dry spells. The other tips I would say when, when things are going rough, be married to the correct person. Hmm. (laughs) And Steve, I I, you've talked about for you. I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about here, right? Because like, yep. I mean, and you know, if you're already married to someone who drains the life out of you, I am so sorry. I, I really am. And, and, and you can't go back and fix that now, but man, if, if you're married to the right person, and, and I say this less as a tip for, for people to to get and more as just kind of a let's acknowledge how much a spouse who really follows Jesus and, and is selfless and generous has to do with getting you through dry spells. Mm-hmm. Most of the times when we've been in struggling times in youth ministry here, and I needed just the courage to jump ship and try a different way it came out of a conversation with Cindy where she was just like, well, why don't you try that? And I was like, you know what? I think I might. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've got to give a lot of credit there. And again, you know, as as I was thinking and praying about this, like what tips do I have for people to, to, to find so much of my 20 years here has nothing to do with any skill or choices of my own. It was, it's just been a blessing And, and Cindy's been one, but also, just working with really good leadership you and i've had conversations about this too man and and some of our other friends in youth ministry who have just like i remember one one of our mutual friends who i won't name saying when the covid lockdown happened like my pastor he just he vacillates between bluster and panic Mm. and like how many leaders would that have described you know And, Mm. and 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 we see all these organizations that kind of really took a hit, suffered through that because leadership was not competent to handle crisis. And I mean, I really was blessed. I, I, I've had the same boss for twenty years and same senior pastor. And I would say, if you're looking for a job that you want to be at a long time, look for leadership to work with who are humble and completely honest my boss apologizes if necessary publicly when he messes up he's always humble and willing to learn like he's always asking me for you know help with learning some new part of culture or things like that if you can find a a place and it's hard to tell when you're in an interview process and all that but if you can find a place where the leadership is really humble willing to learn and just admits when they're wrong i i think that that has huge implications for your longevity for the possibilities of your longevity and that will help so much when you're going through like you asked tough times because if your leadership has those qualities they're resilient i mean leadership that's humble and just has personal integrity is so much more resilient in crisis that leader that i just mentioned who vacillated between bluster and panic that's i mean that's that's due to just lack of humility obviously and then just probably some lack of personal integrity because when you panic obviously we all panic sometimes right but sure when you panic in a way that affects those around you in your job it's going to be probably going back to lack of trust lack of security in your belief in god maybe there's some stuff you need to work through there the other big thing when you're going through tough you know, bumps and tough spots in ministry, I cannot recommend highly enough just a good counselor. I'm a guy who has come around to the viewpoint that, man, go see a counselor earlier rather than later. I have a counselor that I talk to about once a year, I will just set up like two or three sessions again, unless something really tough is going on. And in that case, I know uh, I mean, obviously we, we talk more. But I want to make sure at least once a year, I just set up a couple of sessions and just kick the tires and make sure everything's all right, you know, Mm -hmm. and finding a good counselor might be a a bumpy process. Sometimes you try one and it doesn't work and you need to find another one. But I would say, man, having a good counselor for you to talk to who is totally outside your ministry context, don't, I, I don't recommend that be somebody on your staff with you at your church. You know, even if you have a really great counselor at your church, yeah. uh, go find somebody totally outside the situation. And and I didn't start that until seven, eight years ago. Mm. Maybe less. But that that's been really big in the last half decade or so for me. Mm.
0: That's 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 huge. I think I, I've talked to so many different youth pastors that have been in it for as long as us or longer, and and that's a common thing that we need people that we can talk to, whether it be counselors, coaches, even just, yeah. just peers. In ministry, we need people who are outside of our context, maybe who know the context as well, but but are still outside of it that we can just be open yes. and honest with, and that that's huge because and, we can't be processing that our, just ourselves,
1: right? And Steve, I mean, you know, some of our mutual friends um, who are spread across the country in in youth ministry, I would say for me, going to youth ministry conferences, mm. the breakout sessions and like teachings and stuff, those are valuable, but for me, honestly, way more valuable is, uh, just the connections that we've made, like the friends that we have way outside our context that we can just, you know, have maybe a group text with two or three dudes and be like, Hey, this, you know, this, mm-hmm. you know, executive pastor that I'm dealing with this week. What a, what a, what an idiot, you know? <laughs> and like, and then, you know, we all kind of joke around and then maybe one guy's asks a question that kind of challenges you on you know, you need to work with that guy a little more, mm-hmm. but just having like these friends and connections outside of our local context that we can complain to safely. Yep. And then kind of also be sounding boards to bring us back center when we're, when we're wobbling. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that to me, youth ministry conferences are much more valuable for that reason than they are for yeah. uh, even the the breakout sessions, the, Whoever, you know, Mark striker or whoever up there teaching you about the teenage brain, that's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to connect with my friends
0: and make new friends and yeah, I think that those yeah. things are are huge for sure. And and it helps us overcome things. Um, any other things that you've learned over your long tenure that you want to share today?
1: I mentioned having a hobby that would you could possibly see becoming your job, but I would say beyond that, the the idea of recreational things that you do that refresh you. For me, one of those things is going to a conference where I know I have some some good friends that I can, you know, safely discuss my context with. I'm a huge backpacker. I host a trip for pastors every spring that's a week long. And we go various places in the United States and backpack off the grid for a week. We leave the Sunday after Easter every year. And as you know, like Easter's our Super Bowl, it's the big buildup. And so leaving the Sunday afternoon after we finish our day of ministry on on that sunday just head off the grid for a week i recommend that kind of thing if you're not an outdoorsy person that's fine find an equivalent that's that works for you and this this has been said by so many speakers authors and podcast people so many times but take all the vacation you, can, you that you're allowed be fair to your church do your work but don't leave vacation days just sitting there and don't work 80 hours a week and get paid 40 you know i i think obviously there's times when we all gotta put our heads down and push i mean it's we're recording this the week before christmas and uh, honestly last week was my big week of work for christmas prep but we've got two services christmas sunday morning and one you know a candlelight that night and you know it's all in train and ready to roll but last couple weeks were heavy work weeks. Mm-hmm. You got to do those in ministry. You got to you got to do those, but you also need to take the time off. There's no shame in taking the vacation. Mm. Now if you're if you're new in youth ministry and listening to a thing about longevity, I would say when I was new, I definitely tended more toward being a little more irresponsible and slacking possibly. Mm-hmm. So maybe what you need to hear is the way to get longevity and not be fired is to really work hard while you're working. And that way the recreation time can be recreational. And, and if I could go just a step deeper on, on that topic, mm-hmm. when I was new, I have ADHD. I'm, I struggle and scrap and fight for every little bit of organizational ability I have. I'm not an administrator. You use all the tools you can do all that stuff, but I would vacillate the cycle of striving and then indulging myself not in healthy ways necessarily. And I I didn't go drink or get high or whatever, but like I would work, 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 and then like play Halo at, you know, in the, in the 2000s decade, it was Halo. Mm -hmm. Work, 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 and then play Halo for like 12 hours. You know, it's like work, work, strive, and then indulge myself. Nothing wrong with gaming in moderation, obviously, but do something that's actually recreational not just recreational like when you are working work hard but then when you when you go for recreation i would say like ah i deserve this i've been working hard so i would indulge myself Mm -hmm. instead of indulging yourself do something where god can recreate you again that hokey thing that i say of let your Mm -hmm. recreation be recreation find find a thing where where it's actually like you can feel jesus beside you Mm -hmm blessing you in your recreation and just recreating you refueling you find a way to do that rather than just indulging yourself if you struggle like me with that cycle yeah i i'd say that's one thing that i've learned that i still struggle with for sure i still struggle with it but when i do that right it's very rewarding and it, it leads to a lot more health
0: yeah. So that's, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Cause I've definitely found myself in those times too, where I just want to, you know, veg out or if I just want to, yeah, just like totally check out. But, but those times where I've been able to, yeah, like you said, recreate, let God recreate me in those times have been so much more fruitful. And, and it's something that I've learned too. And I told some other people a while back um, that I think like this last three or four years of my life have been me finally tr- trying to learn how to rest well, and and that's uh, some of the things that I've learned too. I've I've talked to some other people on the podcast and and stuff just to try to figure out. Okay, I need to take that time off for longevity, but like, how do I actually do it well? And it's it's amazing like this far yeah. into adulthood that I've I'm just now figuring out how to rest well.
1: <laughs> maybe tell me tell me what that looks like for you. I mean, you
0: know,
1: <laughs> I, maybe you don't want to take a lot of time on that, but but what? How has that changed for you, man?
0: Yeah, I think the I think one of the biggest things, honestly, really comes down to what you were what you're sharing as well, is is trying to do things that really do fill me up, rather than just to shut off. I think for a long mm-hmm. time, I just thought it was about just shutting off. I'm like, I've used my brain, mm-hmm. I've used my emotions, my all the spiritual things yes. are strained throughout the week, and so I just want to shut off and thought yeah. that that would refill me, but a lot of times it doesn't. And yeah. so like that's the that's a type of rest I think for most of my life I've done where I just like mm. okay, I need to, I guess I need to sleep more. I need to sleep in. Um I'll play video games a little bit more. I'll just like try not to think about all the stuff that needs to get done. And what happens yeah. is the next day comes and well, those things still need to get done, and mm. I'm right back into stressed mode. And so, yeah. yeah, trying to do things that that really refill me, and it's something I'm still learning. Um, but it's taking more specific time, I think, with God. I was talking to James Saban about this too, is like how to because he was oh, he's, he's so, so good great. at this. Yeah, Go. and little plug: the uh, Youth Ministry Soul Keeper podcast is going to be coming back, so you guys could definitely check that out. With yes, with, with Todd, Todd
1: Piridge, with yeah. Saban, that's going to be great. It'd be so yeah. good, and fantastic I was talking, idea.
0: He was encouraging me to to be able to take, take God with me wherever I go. And so a couple of years ago, Mm. I took this, this uh, quick, like first time ever, I took a a personal retreat and I was like, okay, three days, I'm just going to spend just me and God totally unplugged. And it was, it was really rough for the first like 12 (laughs) to 24 hours. And I was bored and I didn't know what I was going to do, but all of a sudden I finally started trying things and, and I was able to be filled into it. And all of a sudden, I got to the end of the three days, and I actually didn't want to go. Like, yeah. I want to, I want to stay in this place with God some more. Where'd
1: you go? Like, physically uh, where'd
0: you go? Cabin up in, uh, up in near nice. Estes Park. Yeah, yeah. I you guys
1: some... who live in Colorado <laughs> have an unfair advantage here we because do, you're closer yeah. to heaven. <laughs> and I think it just, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's so coincidentally,
0: cool. that was also the entire weekend, like the same weekend that the entire world shut down from COVID. So. Whoa. Yeah, just a coincidence, so, yeah. but yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. When when you talked about, you know, before kind of the more unhealthy habit of just shutting down, mm-hmm. man, I, I know exactly what that's like. And I think there, I would say, check me, check me to see maybe I need to, you know, am I right here or not? I don't know. I think there are short time periods where you do just kind of need to shut down. Like when we finish Wednesday night programs, Cindy and I come home and we get our kids in bed. We have 10 year old eight year old and six year old twins. And like getting the kids in bed after big programs on Wednesday night is like this mountain to climb because we're exhausted. We're out of emotional, spiritual, mental energy and like not yelling while the kids are getting into bed is, Mm -hmm. is a challenge. And like, I mean, I just, okay. But once they're in bed, like Cindy and I plop on the couch, we, we, Watch some irresponsible entertainment. I go grab like two Sonic burgers. If you don't have Sonic where you live, mm-hmm. recommend it. Cause we don't have In and Out, right? You've got those now, Steve, we right? We do. We yeah. do. Yeah. So yeah, I, I go grab a couple of Sonic burgers and Cindy and I sit on the couch and watch something irresponsible. And and there are like short time periods, I think, where you do just need to like turn your brain off. You know, just just let it, you know, let yourself shut, you know, wind down. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think the, my old eight to 12 hour video game marathons were probably not a healthy version of that. Yeah, And yeah, Yeah. I I think, I think for short little periods, that's still okay. But, but yes,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's so easy to fall back into it as well. Even the things that I've learned, I've Uh, taught myself. Like over the last couple months, I've had times where I have jumped back into long video game marathons or whatever, because I'm just like, I just need to shut it off. It's been going so long. But yeah, yeah, those times to to spend with my wife, like talking about the the fruit of the ministry, talking about the the things that God has done and celebrating those with her being able to Mm -hmm. when it is like good weather to be able to get out and hike or ski or just enjoy God's creation to, mm-hmm. to actually pick up my my guitar every once in a while and just play some music, just worshiping God. Like yeah. those things that are, that are just, like you said, they're, they're allowing God to recreate me in those moments and get fulfillment from them rather than just shutting out.
1: Yeah. And, and I, um, I, I, you know, I have this whole teaching series on this, like, like allow God into every part of your life, including your recreation. And and we tend to think, well, if I allow God into my recreation, then my recreation is just going to be like helping little old ladies across the street. (laughs) And like little old ladies typically do pretty well on their own crossing the street. And they're freaked out if you come up and try to help them. (laughs) So like Jesus is all about your, your refreshing, your soul renewal. And if you can find ways to allow him into that, it's going to be so much better because you don't have that constant background guilt that accompanies mm-hmm. like the video game marathon sessions because you're like, there's stuff I need to do, but I just can't right now. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like that screws up your fun because you, you know, and so if, you know, if I allow Jesus into that process, then like when I do have a video gaming session, I'm like, Jesus, I will do whatever you want me to do in this moment. What is it? And there have been just a few times when he's been like, you know what? I think you should play Jedi Fallen Order right now. And like, I think I might, I think I might just do that. And so if, you know, if you can do that with like, you feel like there's a blessing on it, then, then it's, it doesn't mess up that recreation time because you don't have that background guilt feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. So you could say this is tangential to longevity, but it definitely has a lot to do with it.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're not healthy, how are you ever gonna to get to that point? You're just gonna, I mean, I guess you could, but you're not gonna be in a, a fruitful ministry with a longevity. I mean, you could you could have the longevity, yeah. but just like, well, I'm just going through the motions. But if you want a fruitful longevity, I feel like you have to make sure you're taking care of yourself and make sure your relationship with God is a, and is in a good place, and your relationship with others is in a good place. Because if yeah. not, like, how are you gonna be able to produce that fruit that God wants you to?
1: Right. And the concept of leading. Up, you know, like I mentioned, have good leadership that you work with, um, but if you don't, I think if you have good habits on what we're talking about with your recreation, your uh soul care, your you know talking to a counselor every so often, having times of silence and alone with with Jesus, where you invite him into every part of your being. I mean, you know you you get to these moments where you can honestly pray. Jesus, I will do whatever you want me to do right now. Now, what is it? And you listen. And if you can get to those moments, I think you can have a lot more resilience if your leadership that you work with isn't great. And if there's a crisis in your church, and if you're, you know, in the, in the bumpy times, it's, it's going to be so much easier to get through those bumpy times. If these habits are in the right place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So any last minute encouragements to, to people who are like, okay, I've been listening to this. I want to do this. What, what encouragements do you have for people that, that want to achieve 20 years, the same church, 30 years uh, in ministry, 40 years in ministry, yes. they, they have that desire. What, what encouragements do you have for them?
1: I would say this first, there's no guilt if you have been fired hmm. or fired multiple times. Sometimes that just happens, unfortunately in ministry and, you've got to move and it's not great and it's painful. And I don't want you to listen to this and be like, what is wrong with me that I'm not guys. Mm -hmm. There's nothing right with me that made me be here 20 years. Uh, Like I said, I, I I've really been blessed to be fortunate in several things that I had nothing to do with that have allowed me to be here 20 years. Sometimes God places you somewhere and he needs you to be there for just a short time to get those students through the mess that their church is in, and then you might get fired or you might have to resign and it's painful. And God gave you the grace for that turbulent season because he knew those students needed you for that turbulent season. And when that happens, his grace is sufficient. I I, I don't think you've somehow disqualified yourself for any other kind of ministry when things like that happen. I think, though, that if if you want if you want longevity, at one place, that's something to aspire to, and that's something to definitely directly ask God for. He may not have that for you. He may need you to be moved around a lot. You know, the Apostle Paul did not have longevity anywhere. A couple of years was about the most. And if you're if you're more of an, a missionary apostle and less of a long-term pastor, that's blessed. You know, that's a gift, but if it's something that you want, I'd say directly ask God for it. You know, God, I want to be in one place and really put down roots and have long-term impact on a community. Is that something that you have for me? And if so, would you direct me to that? You know, I want to serve you. I want to serve your body in one place for a significant period of time, because I see the impact that I could have there over a long period of time. I would say like, just spend some time with him asking for that personal integrity will screw all of this up in a heartbeat Mm. if you mess that up i look back and i just almost melt inside thinking about a couple of times where like something could have gone south like there could have been a student who accused me of something where i had no defense like i Mm. had no backup where i made poor decisions about like sandbagging myself and that'll get you bounced out of here in no time
0: um yeah. Cause that even and, if you do have longevity, it'll kill the whole thing. Sure. And, yeah. and
1: if you have longevity, I would say maybe that even hurts more. Yeah. The community and the body of Christ. than if you don't have longevity and Lord protect me, you know, mm. even now I just like, thank God, please don't let me hurt the body of Christ and mm. bring shame to the name of Jesus. And in a way like that. And, and I would say. You ask for encouragement, and that doesn't sound very encouraging, mm-hmm. but I would say the encouragement side of that is even if you're an idiot, which, man, I've been an idiot so <laughs> many times. Even if you're an idiot, the grace of God can get you through if you place yourself in his hands. Like, if you, if you can get to the point once a day, ideally, or even a few times a week where, like I said, you're just like, Jesus, I will do whatever you want me to do in this moment and just leave your, your heart and your mind open for him to speak to then he can redirect. He can show you those things that where you're heading off the rails. He can, you know, if you make yourself available for him to speak to, and you really listen, he can, he can redirect you if you make yourself available. Mm. You know, I said, you'll find him if you seek him with your whole heart. And you're a, you're a minister, you know, this, this is basic stuff, but do you know this? You know, Mm. do you know that if you seek him with your whole heart, you actually can find him? Like he, he, he can actually redirect you. It does work. Like, you know he's he's actually right there with you, be closer than your earbuds are to your skull right now. Like he's he's with you, and and he can redirect you if you make yourself totally available to him.
0: Mm, that's so good, so so important for us to remember for sure. Because I think in the, in the middle of all the the craziness of ministry, we we sometimes do lose lose that heart of it. For sure, it's a good reminder, Jim. I know that there's going to be some people who want to maybe follow up with you and ask you some questions of their own. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you or ask any questions they have?
1: I am fairly active in the Download Youth Ministry Facebook group. A lot of people have gotten a hold of me there. I don't like Facebook except for that Download Youth Ministry group for the most part. You can get a hold of me uh, pretty easy to find on Facebook because there's not a lot of Jim Purtles in the world. That's Purdle, like turtle with a P on the front. Yeah, if you just look me up there, that's really easy. My church is Church of God Holiness in Eldorado Springs, Missouri. So you can look up our websites, just eldochurch.com, eldochurch.com. Yeah, those are probably really easy ways to reach out.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jim, again, for for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for your your friendship, your partnership and ministry. It's been it's been cool to to get you to know you over the years, but uh, but also just see God's blessing on your ministry and especially uh 20 years in one place that's that's awesome so god bless you
1: steve what an honor man this is cool i i uh i appreciate the invitation and uh man it's it's uh when, you know sometimes you hear uh celebrities on on a talk show you know jimmy fallon's like how does this feel and they're like well it's humbling and it actually means no this boosts my ego this is yeah this makes me egotistical <laughs> man i get to be on steve's podcast this is cool <laughs> This is humbling, not humbling. So, yeah.
0: Uh, It it boosts my ego that you said yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It's cool.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Jim Pertle. And if you did, be sure to recommend it to someone else who also needs to hear it. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do that and follow us on social media. All those links are going to be in the podcast show notes, along with a link to our sponsor, G Shades. Be sure to check out gshades.org and use the promo code CONNECTION to save $20 off your next order. And if you need another reason to subscribe, know that episode 97, which is this next episode coming up, is going to be a little different but really special. I'm actually going to have one of my students on, and we're going to talk about her story. And it's going to be a little different. We're going to dive into her story of how she's been doing an amazing job of starting up a brand new club at her school That has been dormant for a really long time and just all the ways that God has answered prayers around all of that. And it's going to be a really cool episode that I'm really, really excited about. So make sure you subscribe for that and also for our upcoming 100th episode. Speaking of which, if you have ideas of what you would like to hear on the 100th episode, please be sure to let us know. You can contact me on social media. I am at Steve Cullum, that's S-T-E-V-E-C-U-L-L-U-M on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Be sure to hit me up and let me know what you'd like to see on that episode. And if there's any future topics or other people that we should be interviewing, be sure to let me know as well. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Student Ministry Connection. We are so incredibly grateful for you and all that you do for teenagers, the next generation, their families, and the teams that you lead. Be sure to stay connected and may God bless your ministry.